reading from the letter to Philemon. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, also to Apphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers, because I hear about your love for all his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, yet I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. It is as none other than Paul, an old man and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, that I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he has become both useful to you and to me. I'm sending him, who is my very heart, back to you. I would have liked to keep him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I'm in chains for the gospel. But I do not want to do anything without your consent, so that any favor you would do not seem false, but would be voluntary. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might, have him, uh, you might have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a fellow man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back, not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I ask. And one thing more, prepare a guest room for me, because I hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayers. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you greetings, and so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all spirit. This is the word of God. Again, friends, it's been great to be able to come and be with you today. How do you feel when someone wrongs you? When someone misunderstands you or misrepresents you or gossips about you? When someone steals from you? Do I need to turn it on somehow? Okay, I'll just nod at you then. Is that right? You can turn it for me. How do you feel? This is a good description, isn't it? Angry, isn't it? Angry, hurt, frustrated, disappointment. When we were in Indonesia, we had a maid, most people do. Uh, her name was Ibiningsi. She worked for us for five years. We had suspicions that she was stealing from us, but one Christmas Eve, she took my wife's credit card and went on a spending spree. After five years of working and 
being very gracious, we wanted her to become a Christian. We were kind to her, but here she was stealing, and it was very clear it was her. How do you feel when someone hurts you, someone wrongs you? And not only how do you feel, but how do you react? What do you do when your parents misunderstand you or your boss? Now, in every dispute, there are rights and there are wrongs. Oops, that all went funny. In every dispute, there are rights and there are wrongs. And this letter is about rights and wrongs. Philemon is the slave owner and he's done the right thing. Onesimus, his slave, has done the wrong thing. Philemon, we see here in, say, verse 2, is a man who's well off, and in fact so well off that the church meets in his home. His wife, uh, probably uh, his wife, Aphia, is mentioned there in verse 2. He's our sister, Paul's sister in Christ. And Archippus could be their son or someone else that Paul knows in the church. In fact, Archippus is also mentioned in the letter to Colossians in chapter 4. Philemon is the slave owner. And usually when we think of slave owners and slaves, we're normally cheering for the slave and booing for the slave owner, right? We've got to remember that first century slave was different to what we know of in 17th, 18th and 19th century. Often slaves weren't slaves for life in the first century. They could be uh, bought, their freedom bought. Um, sometimes if you were taken as part of an army, a conquered army by the Romans, then you would become slave, or if you couldn't pay your debts. Yet still they were treated at times like property, and also at times they were treated like people part of the household. And my guess is, our guess is, that Philemon was one of those, the second. Treat Omnisimus as part of the family. After all, Philemon is a Christian. He's gracious, as we'll see in verses four and following. To others, surely he's gracious to his slave. Onesimus has wronged Philemon. He's run away. He's done a runner. He's probably gone to Rome where he's met Paul. He would ought to be looking over his shoulder, worried about what has happened and who's chasing him, because it was a criminal offence to run away if you're a slave. You are causing financial harm to your owner as well and hurt to Philemon's reputation. Omnisimus had wronged Philemon. And it's possible now he's in prison, which is where he's met the Apostle Paul and become a Christian. Onesimus has done wrong. Philemon has rights. He has a right to when receive back um, from, Phile- from Onesimus, and then he'll put him into prison, or receive the financial loss that was caused by his absence, or he could brand him on the face or kill him. He has all these rights according to law. But what do you do when someone wrongs you and you're a Christian? What do you do when someone hurts you? Or when you've suffered loss, financial loss or personal loss or face, loss of face? Paul's writing to Philemon to actually help him. 
to help him cope, help him know how to express his rights and yet be gracious. So what do we do when someone hurts us? Someone wrongs us? I know we want to confront them, or if they've done something criminal, maybe uh, report them to the police, take them to court, seek revenge, gossip, hate them, want to hurt them. What do we do? Well, Ibuninxi, our maid, um, because it was Christmas Eve that she ran away and we had police protecting the property because that's what you do at Christmas and Easter from any terrorist attacks, well, we reported it to the police, or at least asked them to investigate, and finally she actually did admit that she took the credit card. So now what do we do with her? Do we let her back in to our household? Do we uh, press charges? Do we sack her? And if we did, what, how much would she lose in terms of her income? And yet we wanted to become a Christian. So how we as Christians respond? How do we as Christians respond when someone hurts us? And it'd be Ningsi didn't repent. She didn't give back the credit card. She didn't give back the goods. She was sorry because in the end we did sack her. (laughs) After all, only five months earlier, her husband was sacked from stealing from church property. He was a security guard for our church. So she knew what needed to happen. But how do we as Christians respond? And so Paul appeals to Philemon and to me, and to us, about love, the way of love. An appeal of love, because Philemon is told here of how much God loves him, the good and the love that he has shown, the love that Omnisimus has shown, and the love that God is working in and through. So he writes... Paul writes to Philemon to actually help him not only deal with his feelings, but what to do. Look at verse 3. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So he says right up front, remember Philemon, the grace you've received from God. The peace you've received from God. The challenge for forgiveness is to know that we have been forgiven. We receive grace. We receive forgiveness. We receive peace. And if we receive it, then surely we also ought to give it as well. So when we are wronged, one of the good things to do is to count the blessings, the many blessings that we've received from God that we didn't deserve. We're totally indebted to God, are we not? We could not repay the debt that we owe to him. And yet we receive grace and mercy and peace. And we see that also in verse 4. Paul says, writing to Philemon, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers. He thanks God for Philemon and the good that Philemon's done because only because God has already been at work in him changed him from wherever he was before to now as a loving member of Christ's people. 
So he's saying, as you will see here, don't seek revenge, don't seek retribution. Even though you have a right to feel angry and hurt, show love, because God has shown love to you. Secondly, you have shown love in the past. You've been good. Look at verse 4 again. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I heard about your love for all his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. You've done good before. So do good again, Paul's going to say. You can see, in many senses, he's buttering up. He's saying very positive things about Philemon. And I actually think that's a good way to go when you have to challenge someone, as Paul will later in the letter. Say positive things, because there are positive things of what they've done, right? Even the people who've wronged you. And good that you've done. So watch out when I start saying nice things about you, because there might be challenges around the corner. (laughs) And Paul does that. He then challenges. Because don't forget Onesimus. Sorry, don't forget Philemon. Onesimus has also done good as well. He's done wrong by running away. And we see probably in verse 18 that probably he's also stolen from Philemon as he ran away. Because Paul says, if he's done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. So Philemon has a right to be angry, but Onesimus has been helpful. He has done good. He has shown love. Look at verse 8. Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, yet I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. It is none other than I, Paul, an old man and now a prisoner of Christ Jesus, that I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. He made me Christian through Paul. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. That's a play on the name Onesimus. Onesimus means useful. The useless one has become Onesimus, useful. Useful to me, says Paul, and useful to you, Philemon. And so verse 12, I'm sending him back, who is my very heart, back to you. He's done me good in prison. He's done good for me on your behalf in prison. He's done good. Verse 13, I'd like to have kept him with me so that he could take care of your, sorry, take your place in helping me while I'm in chains for the gospel. But I didn't want to do anything without your consent so that so that any favour you do would be seen not forced, but voluntary. So I'm sending him back. He's going back. He's truly repented here. He's ready to face the music. He's ready to receive the consequences. He's ready to face his accuser because he recognised that he has received forgiveness from God. And so... God has done good to all of us. We've done good. 
And even the person who's hurt us, who's wronged us, has also done good. And Paul now appeals on that basis of the good they've done to the love, the love that we've received, the love that we've shown, and the love we ought to show now to others. See that again in verse 8 and 9. Paul's saying, look, I, should, I could order you to do it, but I'm going to appeal to you, verse 9, on the basis of love. And it's none other that I, Paul, an old man, now a prisoner in Christ Jesus. Note that. He doesn't say, now it's me, the apostle Paul. He says, I'm an old man and I'm a prisoner. I've given up my rights for the sake of the gospel and I'm here in chains. And I want to talk to you, Philemon, and you, brothers and sisters in Christ, about your rights and what you might be willing to give up on the basis of love for the gospel, for the person who's wronged you and how you respond to them. Paul's saying, it's better not to make, to force you to do it, but do you do it out of love? Because that way it's connecting both the head I know I need to forgive and the heart I do want to forgive. But is Paul a bit like a godfather? I'm giving you an offer you cannot refuse. Otherwise, <laughs> look at uh, look verse 20, for example. Uh, 19, rather. I, Paul, I'm writing this with my own hand. I'll pay it back, not to mention that you owe me your very self, Philemon. I was the one who helped you become a Christian. But he's not going to respond. He's not going to make him do it. He's not going to order him. But he's saying, out of love, out of love, out of love. Otherwise, he still has that obligation. and still that debt to repay. Philemon has, done, has been wronged. Onesimus has done wrong. But yet if they kind of come together and work together and live together, they're going to have to love each other and forgive each other and not have suspicion or tension or resentment. So love is better isn't it? It's better to respond out of love. That's how we want others to respond to us when we've wronged them. So is it not better for us to give love too? We ask, as uh, we're reminded in our prayers, we ask God to forgive us our sins, our trespasses. And in the Lord's Prayer, for those who sin against us as we forgive them. Paul also wants Philemon to step back and see that actually maybe God is doing good in this, even in the wrong that was done. He's making him step back and say, let's think about this. Look at verse 15. Perhaps the reason that he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back forever. What Philemon, what Onesimus meant for wrong, for evil, God may mean it for good as we see very clearly in the book of Joseph, as his brothers sell him into slavery. And that's what he says to him when he reveals himself as the prince of Egypt. Well, you meant for evil, God meant for good. And God's got his purpose and his plan in this. And he's at work. So we see in verse 15, he was separated from you, but you now have him back. He's separated for a little while. You can now have him back forever. And verse 16, no longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. He's dear to me 
and even dearer to you, both as a fellow man and as a brother in the Lord. See, he's very special to you now. He's no longer just a piece of property. He's a person, and no longer just a person, but he's your brother in Christ. This is far greater now. God has done an amazing work in Onesimus's life, and maybe God's doing a work in your life, Philemon, or our life as we learn to forgive as we have been forgiven. God's at work in all the hearts. Oops. And so F.F. F. Bruce helpfully focuses us on this particular verse, verse 16, because often the Bible is criticised for it's not anti-slavery enough. And sadly, Christians in the past have used the Bible to say that slavery is right. But you see, what Paul is saying here is there is a difference now because this man is a brother, not just a piece of property, not just a person, but a brother in Christ. And so eventually, Christians will be at the forefront of bringing an end to slavery, although there's still modern-day slavery that we still need to work at. And so... Here, F.F. Bruce says, what this letter, the letter of Philemon, does is bring to us an atmosphere in which the institution of slavery can only wilt and die. As forgiveness, as love has been received, now offered. Paul now acts as a mediator, because sometimes when there is rights and wrongs, it needs someone to stand in the bridge, to stand in the breach, to help the right, the person who is in the right forgive, and the person who's done wrong to repent. And that's what we see happening here with Paul's list, rest of Paul's letter. Look at verse uh, 10 and 11. Formerly I was, he, Philemon, no, no, Nisimus rather, was useless to you, but now he's become useful to both you and me. And I'm sending him who is my very heart back to you. Paul is saying, I'm a good mediator because I love Onesimus. And Onesimus loves me. And we see there in verse 17, so you, Philemon, consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back, not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. So not only does Paul fit in well with Onesimus, but Paul fits in well with Philemon. He loves Philemon, and Philemon loves him. So much so, in verse 22, he's going to say, prepare a room for me, because I'm going to come and stay with you when I'm released from prison. Paul is the perfect mediator between the two of them. And we see also here that when wrong has been done, a price needs to be paid. Because justice does need to be done. And so Paul says, I'm willing to pay back anything that is owed by Onesimus running away and your financial loss. Onesimus can't repay him. He's a slave. He has no income. He's probably been thieving in Rome, which is probably why he's ended up in prison. But I will pay, says Paul, or Philemon, maybe you will pay. Verse 21, confident of your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I ask. Someone's got to pay. And the mediator is willing to. 
When you've been wronged, and you're to offer forgiveness, that means you have to pay. But you want to do good, don't you? That's what we did with Ibn Ingsi. We did sack her, but we gave her financial gift and said thank you for your five years. We pray for her. I even gave a letter of reference because I wanted the next employer to know her background and yet know that I cared for her. How do we deal with the people who have hurt us? Remind ourselves how we have hurt others and how much we owe them. And a price needs to be paid and that's why it's good to have a mediator, someone who can help pay the price. Maybe it is difficult to forgive and maybe you do need someone to stand in as a mediator. It's worth asking if you need that situation, if your difficult situation between you who right, have rights and the one who's wronged you, or vice versa, you've wronged them and they own the right. A mediator must be loving, as we saw that Paul is, and we have been. Secondly, pay the price. I want to give an illustration about a price paid and the difficulty of forgiveness from Corrie Tamboon, another Dutch person. I don't know how tall she was. But she was uh, imprisoned in Ravensbrück because she helped Jews hide in her home to escape Nazi Germany. She escaped, uh, so survived the prison camp, and she writes this in a book called a Holocaust victim forgives the captor. It was 1947, she writes. I'd come from Holland to defeated Germany with the message that God forgives. It was the truth that they needed to hear most in that bitter, bombed-out land, and I gave them my favourite mental picture. Maybe because the sea is never far from a Hollander's mind, I like to think that that's where forgiven sins were thrown. When I confess, I said, God cast them into the deepest ocean, gone forever. And even though I can't find a scripture for it, I believe God then places a sign out there that says, no fishing allowed. The solemn faces stared back at me, not quite daring to believe. And that's when I saw him, walking, working his way forward against the others. One moment I saw the brown overcoat and the brown hat. The next, a blue uniform and a cap with skull and crossbones. It came back with a rush, the huge room with its harsh overhead lights, the pathetic pile of dresses and shoes in the centre of the floor, the shame of, the naked, sorry, of walking naked past this man. I could see my sister's frail form ahead of me, ribs sharp beneath the parchment skin. Betsy, her sister, how thin you were. That place was Ravensbrook, and the man who was making his way forward had been a guard, one of the most cruel guards. Now he was in front of me, hand thrust out. Fine message, Fraulein. How good it is to know that, as you say, all our sins are at the bottom of the sea. And I, who had spoken so glibly of forgiveness, fumbled in my pocketbook rather than take that hand. He wouldn't remember me, of course. I mean, how could he remember one prisoner among the thousands of Jewish women? But I remember him. 
I was face to face with one of my captors and my blood seemed to freeze. You mentioned Ravensbrook in your message, he was saying. I was a guard there. No, he didn't remember me. But since that time, he went on, I've become a Christian. I know that God has forgiven me for the cruel things I did there. But I'd like to hear it from your lips as well, Fraulein. Again, the hand came out. Will you forgive me? As I stood there, I whose sins had again and again been forgiven and yet could not forgive. Betsy had died in that place. How could he erase so terrible death simply for the asking? It could have been many seconds that I stood there, hand held out. But to me, it seemed like hours as I wrestled with the most difficult thing I'd ever had to do. For I had to do it. I knew that. The message that God forgives has a prior condition, that we forgive those who injure us. If you do not forgive men their trespasses, Jesus says, neither will you, Father in heaven, forgive you your trespasses. And as I stood there with a coldness clutching my heart, But forgiveness is not an emotion. I knew that too. Forgiveness is an act of the will, and the will can function regardless of the temperature of the heart. Jesus, help me, I prayed silently. I can lift my hand. I can do that much. You supply the feeling. And so, woodenly, mechanically, I thrust out my hand to the one stretched out to me. And as I did, an incredible thing took place. The current started in my shoulder, raced down my arms, sprang into our joined hands. And then this healing warmth seemed to flood my whole being, bringing tears to my eyes. I forgive you, brother, I cried, with all my heart. For a long moment, we grasped each other's hand, the former guard and the former prisoner. I'd never known God's love so intensely as I did then. But even then, I realised it wasn't my love. I'd tried. I didn't have the power. It was the power of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Friends, we have a perfect mediator, one who stands before us, between us and God. He loves the Father. The Father loves him. We love him. He loves us. And he's been willing to pay the price the price for our forgiveness, the price for our sin. And so he says, forgive those who sinned against you as I forgive you your sins. I know it's not easy. It's not easy. But I forgive Ibiningsi. The money that she stole from me really in the end wasn't much compared to to the forgiveness I have in Christ, we have in Christ. How do you respond to those who have hurt you? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this letter that you preserved for us. And you preserved it because Onesimus became a Christian and Philemon was a Christian. And Onesimus, we know through tradition, became a bishop in Ephesus after Timothy he knew of Christ's forgiveness and he learnt to forgive as he had been forgiven as Corrie Tamboon did that guard who hurt her and so many others and we've been hurt you know that we know that 
but we ask for your help to forgive those who have forgiven who have hurt us. So please change us as you changed Philemon, as you changed the Apostle Paul, as you changed Omnisimus. So change us. And we ask this for the one who brought about our forgiveness, the one who was the perfect mediator, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.